Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of Anarchy in Space. Space! Space. I am Nikki P, here as always with my wonderful co-host, Rebel with the Cause, Eric Kyler. How are you doing today, Eric? I be doing. I like the, like the way you said that. Said it with authority. <laughs> uh, I be doing. I just have to lower my voice. I need to pay attention to what this man says. That's all I know. Uh, we are here to talk about episode three of season three of The Expanse, Assured Destruction. Not mutually, just Assured Destruction. I mean, I think that that is probably just the lot of humanity in the end. We're The only thing we're guaranteed is we are going to destroy ourselves somehow. At some point, yes. So, uh, dude, season three is, uh, man, this one just keeps a clip, keeps going. It's throwing shit at us left and right. Oh, yeah. This episode is... Uh, no different, but why don't you uh, you walk us through this one? Okay, so uh, this one kind of started off uh, with Aaron Wright kind of pushing a preemptive strike against Mars's uh, long-range uh, missile launchers, uh, and I guess these are nukes that they're talking about with Mars. Well, everything isn't it almost everything nukes, with the exception of like the rail guns at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then Anna, the uh, spiritual advisor, I guess that's her title to the uh, UN Secretary General, was to try and take as few lives as possible. But uh, I guess that uh, didn't really pan out too well, considering how it all ended up. So in order to uh, end the war, Aaron Wright is uh, working his politician mojo on him, uh, you know, because nothing will unite humanity against a common enemy more than uh, than another war. Right. So but uh, it was a kind of a nifty little political intrigue opening scene there. I mean, really, it all just kind of feels like, well, nothing is going to bury my underhanded dealings better than destroying all the evidence in the middle of a galactic war. Yeah, exactly. And he almost got away with it, except for the dastardly kids. Uh, so they uh, they power up one of their uh, rail guns, and then uh, they turn it off, uh, thinking it was like, okay, well, maybe they'll scare him, and I guess nothing happened there. Uh, but that caused a malfunction. So one of the uh, Mars long-range missile launchers uh, didn't get hit at the same time as the other four. So it did actually manage to launch one. And uh, one of its missiles landed down in South America and killed two million people in the Amazon. Yeah, I mean, that that is not surprising. Um, at that moment specifically reminds me of... Uh Super Troopers, or not Super Troopers, uh, Starship Troopers. Yes. Um, just because it's, you know, South America, and you're like, ah, why is it always Buenos Aires? <laughs> it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting thunder today. And then the uh, screen goes empty. Yeah, so specifically the, the issue is that when they, when, and honestly, Aaron Wright is, is one hell of a political gamesmanship guy, because he turns this in his favor and actually psychologically fucks the um, Secretary General, whatever his name is there. Yeah. His, his, his reason, well, because the reason the... The guns don't fire is because they there was a malfunction because of the power cycling from when they turned them off. Right, and so he that that he he gets to say, oh well, those people in uh, South America died. That's on your hands. Yeah, because you didn't have the balls to fire when we could have when we had the solution. Right, you 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 quivered and quaked and didn't want to didn't want to murder all these people outright. And what's the terrible thing is he still ends up murdering all those people, but more people. Right, an entire city. And you feel, I personally just feel so bad for Anna and all this. 
Yeah, because she's kind of coming in at a at a really shitty time. Well, she's she's coming being brought in to basically be like because she's a gifted writer, but she's kind of she's a priest who's being forced to sit and like take part in a war she wants nothing to do with. Right. Like she doesn't get the option to sit on the sidelines. Like everything wants to draw her into this conflict and put you know put the fucking blood on her hands in one way or another. Yeah. And that's it's just awful. Yeah. And then almost kind of being like a little bit of a, a spin master, you know, cause she's got to write the speeches and everything for him. So the, uh, the big thing is the, the, the trap that Aaron Wright has set is because God, there's nothing more than th- shit that we don't know anything about. And so we, they, they, we know enough about, uh, Venus and what's going on over there to really basically just scare people. And so Aaron Wright has created in, in Esteban's head this idea that whatever there is going, we, we, we can't possibly understand it. It's going to be an advanced civilization, and we need to have all of humanity united, Earth, Belters, and, you know, Martians to fight against whatever this enemy is. And the only way to do that is we have to force humanity to be one. Yeah. You know, the, the age old, if you, you have to join back with us. And we will force it so that we can force you to be part of us to fight this other thing. Like, I, it, having been involved in, like, the political part, the political place that I've been in for the past couple of years as deeply as I have been, some of the shit, you're just like, oh, my God. The lines that people tell themselves, I cannot fucking believe it. Yeah. There's a lot of mental <laughs> gymnastics going on. Like, oh, my God. So where, where do we head from there? All right. Well, I guess from there we can go to the crew of the uh, formerly named uh, Rasanante, which I think they named it after a pine tree now. So it's a... <laughs> And the name escapes me at this point. But uh, we find uh, Avasarala recovering in the little medical bed and uh, Bobby Draper kind of looking around. And uh, one of the first uh, great Amos lines is when Bobby Draper finds the little Martian flag with one of the moons removed. And uh, Amos says, well, it's not funny now. It was funny at the time, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was one of those great little Amos little throwaway lines, which is it got me to chuckle. Well, and I, it was before we started actually recording, you and me were talking. Uh, I, I mean, I, my, my wife started watching the show, and now we're kind of like racing through them again like I did the first time. Right. So we're like halfway through season three. And it, it is now dawning on me that season three is probably exactly where my love for Amos really fucking kind of solidifies. Because... He, he gets so much good meat in this particular season. Like, he's just, all of the good jokes are Amos. Like, but, like, at the same time, like, he gets kind of, gets wrapped up in these really good storylines. Yes. Like, the whole thing going on with him and Prax is, like, super compelling. And, I mean, I get through about halfway in the season, that kind of comes to its uh, its natural conclusion, I feel like. Yeah. And as I, as I, I will tell the, the audience, as I told Eric, I, I want to tell him so fucking bad what happened, but I can't because it's literally just going to be the exact perfect, you'll see it coming a million miles away when it happens, but it is literally the most perfect encapsulation of like what's going on with Prax and uh, Amos. Because right now we're watching Prax slowly descend into, I mean, he's slowly losing his humanity and becoming Amos. Yeah. And man, they that whole storyline is just like one of my favorites in the series because it's so good. Yep. Well, I can't wait to watch that one then. So he's gonna shit all over himself, folks. Yes. I'm telling him right, that right now. Just lose my mind. Get the wife to clean it up. Just start gibbering in the chair, covered in my own feces. There's a nice little image for everybody. <laughs> you had to. You had to take it to the feces. Of course, gotta use medical terms. Well, we're at. Uh, Kotiar now, right? We get Kotiar on the Agatha King. Yeah, Kotiar on the Agatha Agatha King, uh, which, by the way, is a weird name for a ship. I'll have to look up who that actually is. But uh, yeah, Kotiar is also in a med bed uh, because he's got to recover from his gunshot wounds to the gut. Fucker won't die, though, will he? No, he won't. And uh, well, 
before that, before they got picked up by the Agatha King, he uh, chokes out the dude that helped him uh, escape. And uh, that way he can be the, the lone survivor, I guess. But uh, he was very apologetic about it, you know, as he's strangling the life out of the guy. But, but he knows he doesn't survive anyway, any other way. Right. If that guy can talk. Yeah. He's going to cast doubt on what was on what happened. He's going to give them too much information. Yeah. It's a loose end that's going to get Kotiar killed because that dude was a pussy. Right. And he's like, they already know because they got the same shit out of him. Yeah. Like he's going to get Kotiar killed and his only method of survival is that guy not being there, sadly. Yeah. He'll uh, he'll be like John McCain with the North Vietnamese. He'll just uh, sing, you know, when they break his arm. So it's uh... la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 Right. And then it's a, uh, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of military uh, upper echelon uh, intrigue going on there because now we have a different admiral coming aboard the ship to question the uh, the prisoner uh, that's Kotiar. And there's a little bit of a power play there. And I guess the uh, admiral of the Agatha King is uh, kind of friendly with Officer Rala, so he's kind of sensing something's up. Well, so what's going on here is is just you have Wynn, who used to be underneath, what's his name there, Souther. Because Souther used to be the boss of the military. Right. And he stepped down... Because he couldn't constant, he couldn't co- constantly do the things that he was being asked to do. He thought that the games were being played, and so he was demoted out of that position and given like a ship to kind of go, hey, go out there and whatever. Yeah, apparently a rust bucket, uh, as they're putting it. Yeah, yeah, they they gave him a pile of shit, but then all of a sudden we got this other guy, the guy who took his job, right? Who's now trying to big dick him because he's in a position of power over someone who used to have power over him, which is oh my god, the. Every story I've ever heard of bureaucracy and military, <laughs> like it's it's all just when you get the chance to fuck the guy that used to be over you, you have to take it. Yep, it's almost like a rite of passage. <laughs> but we get get very clear signals that this dude's not on the level. He's not telling anyone every anything everything, and so we can we can make some pretty big assumptions on why he's really there, right? And it's also clear Souther didn't get that job that he had for no reason. Yeah, he's obviously. Hedging his bets from the 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 get the minute this dude shows up, he's he's doing whatever he can to get as much information and catch himself up as possible. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's good he does. Yeah, so he's got to get all the info that he's kind of missed since he's not in total command now from uh, Kotiar, who kind of spills the beans on uh, what's going on with Alvisarala that they're you know Alvisarala is not a traitor. She's actually trying to stop this thing from actually beginning, but now got to work on trying to end it before it gets worse. As uh, Officer Rala tells Naomi at one point in the uh, the mess hall. So, but uh, yeah, this whole Agatha King thing was kind of funny because the uh, Souther kind of uses the fact that there's electric uh, electronic problems to his advantage. So he's making up this uh, problem on a couple of decks to kind of hide the fact that he's now going to go talk to this guy. Well, he doesn't make up the problem. He just acts as if the problem is still continuing. Right. That's true. It was already fixed, but he pretends it hasn't been. Yeah. And uh, dude, the thing I love about that, because there's that baller move where he actually, the the, uh, the guy uses the signal, like uses the power to signal to him that like shit changed because they thought they'd have more time. They didn't have that much time. Right. And so when Wynn's on his way down there, he pre-signals to Souther to get the hell out of there. By flipping everything back on normal. Ah, okay, yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that because they do that whole. Oh my God, Wynn's gonna find him there, but he doesn't. He's gone. But you see, he left moments before, and the reason he left was because the guy had flipped the power back on steady. In that, the minute Wynn left him, which gave just enough signal time to go. Oh shit! I better get the fuck out of here. If that's yeah. the, he, he, they just instinctively knew. Oh okay. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. 
Yeah, I might have been uh, checking something while that was going on. I missed it. So I'll have to go back and rewatch the episode. No, it was uh, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> uh, so I guess that uh, brings us back to Avasarala and Naomi having their uh, uh, little thing on the on the ship. And uh, the second great Amos line of this of the of this of this show uh, was trying to get Avasarala to wear mag boots on board. And he was like, yeah, oh, put, your, put your weight back on your heels like you would wear pumps. And Avasarala looks at Amos and says, what do you know about wearing pumps? And he goes, hey, I wasn't always out in space. <laughs> like, I think that's really the moment that like I, I fell in love with Amos because you're just you're imagining big, tough Amos. Right. What what was he doing in his previous life down on fucking Baltimore? Uh, oh, <laughs> Baltimore. That, that he knows how to wear pumps. <laughs> and and uh, he got you do you got to love it because it's like you're not gonna fuck with him. It's it's like you, you yeah. find something. Like, get a laugh at him for wearing a dress. Yeah. No. Did you ever watch the TV show Home Movies? Oh, that was the uh, that was like late night Comedy Central, Adult Swim. It, it was, it's, it was, yeah. It, I think that's where it ended up eventually. Yeah. But Shannon the bully is a character. He's, he, it's, he's voiced by Emo Phillips, and so he talks like this. Yes, because I've been locked in this character since the nineteen eighties. I know, I lo- but I love Emo Phillips. So yeah, no, he's funny. But the point is, is but you have a bully talking like that, and so there's the part of you that like wants to like, who the fuck are you? How can you be the bully and sound right. like that? But you can't. Like that's the thing, you, you can't. Yeah. And and I feel like so much about Amos is it's like, oh my god, this dude's wore, <laughs> wore pumps, wore women's clothes, what a pussy. But then you're like, yeah, but he murders people. Yeah, I mean, look at the guy. A lot. Look at the guy. Every chance he gets, he was like, he's, oh look at me, I'm killing again, just killing. <laughs> yeah, like I'm six six one and two fifty, and I, I'm not gonna mess with Amos. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it, it was, God. He's just got so much gold in this episode. Yeah, they gave him a lot of uh, a lot of good good lines on this one. Yeah, so then uh, Avasarala and Naomi have their little uh, little getting out of, you know, I'm never going to be your friend, so you're wasting your breath trying to even talk to me type of conversation that they're having about the proto-molecule and why Earth needs it. Well, and so this opens up a whole lot of conversations because, you know, eventually it becomes like Avasarala thinks she's going to get it and use it. Right. And she's like, well, you're not going to, and... And here's why. And eventually, it looks like she concedes to like, oh shit! I guess we do just have to nuke the fucking place, right? You know, you gave it to every, you gave it to the, the the belt already, so we're all kind of fucked. That kind of thing, right? It's uh, it's all pretty much pretty what it is. And you know, she's like, you're right. I'm never. I'm not gonna fucking like you. <laughs> we're not gonna get along. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna be friends. And then she just drinks her tea or whatever in a very Kermit like fashion, I, dude. <clears throat> I just love. That's the thing. Like, there's her. As a character, I love her so much because she's just like, just imagine like, every, she's just like a grandma, like everyone's favorite grandma who like doesn't, won't bite her tongue. Yeah, just the old battle axe. Yeah. You know, I, like, she, you, know, you know what Avasarala is? She is like the living embodiment of, of the fucking Kermit the Frog meme. Yeah. Just, that's none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, I'm just going to sit here and sip my tea in this window. Yeah. <laughs> We skipped over briefly the, the Mao actually down on IO stuff where he shows up to do a walkthrough and says, fuck it, we're shutting all this down. Right. You're killing kids. This is bullshit. Lending us to believe, oh shit, Mao kind of has like some humanity. Like he's not like he's a ruthless businessman for sure, perhaps morally ambiguous, but it's not, he's not without his humanity. Yeah. There's still a human heart beating in that chest of his. So, but uh, yeah, so the, uh, Dr. Strickland's kind of leading him around saying, oh, yeah, we can control the proto-molecule. And we've got these kids with a rare immune deficiency problem. And so Mao sees for himself 
that uh, one of the kids becomes deathly ill, and so they've had to sedate all the other children. And I guess what kind of did it was seeing May, and maybe May had reminded him of uh, Julie Mao when she was a little kid, and that kind of brought some memories back. And he was like, he's like, no, this is this is over. This isn't a debate. You're not gonna science talk me. This is this is done. We're shutting this program down. At which point Strickland goes and science talks him into keeping it going. Right. <laughs> How far do we get with with do we get to where he's seeing or there the guy the kid rips apart the body yet? Not yet. Okay, I mean that's that is in this episode, right? Yeah, a little spoiler alert there. So <laughs> I can always cut it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think what I saw was just that one kid that had like the the glowing blue arm. Uh, you know, begins coughing and spazzing out on the floor there. So okay, so that whole thing, like we just we just get where the, when when we leave this episode, Mao is saying to you that they're shutting it down. Right, Kirkland or Chris Strickland hasn't flipped it around yeah, on him. Yeah. yet. okay, so that'll be next right. episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So if Nikki P leaves that one in, that that'll be a spoiler alert for next episode. I'll cut as needs be. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting a little glimpse like that Mao is human. Um. We we still have the Rossi, and now we're getting Pinus Cortana. I think was what they renamed it to. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what what they're doing now is uh, Avasarala is trying to convince them that they need to change their plan, change change what they're doing on IO. Yeah, and Holden laughs at her, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard this song and dance before. I've even said it, type of thing." So yeah. No, we we promised Prax this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do, and. You know, they leave it up to him. Why don't you, why don't you finish this part <laughs> out? <laughs> yeah, so I think Holden is uh, kind of realizing his uh, quixotic uh, relationship with the uh, with the with the solar system. Uh, he's trying to fight battles that he can't win. So they've named a, an episode previous called "Tilting at Windmills," and so he's kind of realizing that in himself. So he's he doesn't want to get involved in a war. He just kind of wants to help his friend Prax out and maybe take it from there. I mean, the war is inevitable. Yeah, it was just going to happen. But there's, him being involved with it isn't. And so he wants to stay as far a fuck away from it is and keep his family alive. Right. Which, God, that doesn't that sound sound like a, like exactly what everyone's trying to do right now in re- real, reality? Yeah. Just stay the hell away from whatever war is going on between the left and the right right now. and Yeah, just kind of sit back. Just let the two gangs uh, fight each other. And hope to God the, there's a there's a country left when it's all over. Yep. And I guess the only thing that we missed was a little bit of closure with the Alex storyline when he got that message from his family saying they don't need him anymore. Very specifically from his wife. Yeah. Or his ex-wife. Or, I mean, technically, I think it is still his wife, isn't it? They're not ex yet. Yeah, but I guess you can make the uh, case for abandonment. You know, he just ups and leaves and yeah. doesn't come back. Okay. But yeah, I mean, maybe a bittersweet pill. I think for Alex, it's, uh, I think he needed it. Yeah. I mean, to know for sure that, like, this is his closure. This is, he made his choice. Yeah, go out, play Space Pirate. Don't come back. Yeah. Yeah. And while that may not be, I think so much of Alex's character is just fighting. He's, I see it as a microcosm of the Martian thing. Yeah. Because Martians are raised to do very specific things and lead very specific lives. Right. And the life that was laid out for him, he ultimately didn't want. He, he found a life he preferred. But there's still that programming inside of him that I think need, feels like he needs to to do those things. You know, needs to be the Martian that he's supposed to be. Right. And uh, you know, I, I I think that it was good getting this because it kind of frees him up to 
say fuck what I was told I had to be, and I'm going to be what I want to be. Right. You know, Gunny had to do I think a lot. Had to do all of that a lot quicker than he did. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's working through the same the same battle I think emotionally that she is in some ways. Yeah, Bobby Draper had to do that over the span of a couple of days, and it looks like Alex has probably been at this for like you know a good couple of years at it. Yeah. So. Uh, we get to the technicals. Yeah, sure. Uh, this episode, uh, like the last episode, uh, um, pretty good as far as you know keeping the pacing up and everything. But uh, this one was uh, season three, episode three, Assured Destruction, uh, directed by Tor Freudenthal, written by Dan Novak, and uh, came out April twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. A little bit of a ratings bump of the last episode to a point five five three. So not much of one, but uh, it was a little bit higher. Yeah, a little bit. Episode six. <laughs> we'll have to wait for that. It's three episodes away. Damn, it is. I mean, they're all really good up until that point too. Like it doesn't, it doesn't let off. Yeah, it seems like the the, the gas is definitely being pushed down on this season. So I mean, we're just going from story point to story point. Well, they're just overlapping each other too so much, which is yeah, which is interesting. Anyways, folks, this has been another episode of Anarchy in Space. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm going to be developing our show notes even further because I've apparently decided I need to learn SEO. (laughs) And apparently my websites have all been terrible SEO-wise. Yeah, I've uh, found that uh, even if you try to do like all of the little SEO tricks that sometimes, uh, you know, they don't always work. So because what will work one day won't work the next day. It's, It's kind of a... An odd science. I went and bought software <laughs> to tell me how exactly what to do and check everything. And holy crap, have I learned a ton. Well, yeah, I guess if you let the software do it for you. so Oh, it doesn't do it for you. Oh, okay. I got you. We'll, 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 we'll cover that one. <laughs> nice. So take it easy, folks. All right. Out. Out.